This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Begin transmission. Transmission. The Frontline Gaming Network presents Art of War. Strategy and tactics. Discussions with the best players on the planet. The Frontline Gaming Network, presenting Art of War with Nick Nanavati and John Damaris. Hello and welcome to a very special pilot episode of the Art of War podcast. I'm John. And I'm Nick. And our special guest this week is Frankie Giampapa of Frontline Gaming fame. Frankie, introduce yourself. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Frankie. Pleasure to have you. We're super stoked to have you this week, Frankie. And then... I guess, Nick, if you want to talk a little bit about what this podcast is about, because I'm sure people are probably confused right now, as it just probably just showed up in their feed. Yeah, so uh, we have been working for the past couple weeks on a podcast, and you're listening to the pilot episode right now. Um, So basically, the the structure and idea behind the podcast is that uh, John and I want to get top players, competitive players, um, who are doing well with interesting lists to come on, talk about their list, talk about their experiences with their games, uh, kind of go over their overall strategy with the list, um, how they approach different matchups, what they think are hard matchups, easy matchups, strengths and weaknesses of the list, do the whole SWOT analysis type of thing. And then um, in part two of the podcast, which we'll release as a separate episode, we're going to go over the nitty gritty tactics of what cool tricks and combos the list has. So you can actually go out there and instead of just net a list and not really knowing what to do with it. Now, when you do, you have a perfect, clear idea on how to pilot it. Right. Then it's just a matter of getting reps in, right? As we know, that's the most important thing. <laughs> but, all right. So I guess we'll just start off the discussion with Frankie. Do you want to just go through the current iteration of your list, Frankie? Sort of the overall strategy of it? And maybe just start with what, what led you down this path, because it's fairly unique and pretty interesting. Yeah. I guess so we should start by just going over what, what's in the list. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll definitely uh, I'll go over my list here. Um, so I run uh, Rusted Claw, two Rusted Claw battalions, uh, and I've got uh, two Patriarchs in those. I have a uh, Acolot, uh, Acolyte Icon Ward. Um, I always forget what the sniper's name is. The Jackal Alphys. There you go, Jackal Alphys. And um, those are my HQs. Then I have a... Uh, Six units of Brood Brothers, um, so they're just the leadership eight guardsmen. Um, and then I have three big units of the Jackals. Uh, so I have uh, two that are maxed out with the three wolf quads, and then one that has only two wolf quads in it. And then I have a four-armed Emperor uh, battalion as well. With uh, f- I just changed it up, so I have three Acolyte squads now. Uh, one is a 20-man, and then two of them are 10. And then I have a Primus, another Acolyte Icon Ward, and then a Clamavus, and also a Kelomorph. Nice. And that's the list. I have uh, 60 points of summoning, um, which most of the time I will summon another Kelomorph. So do your rocks? Do your Acolyte squads have any rock cells cool. or so, flamers or anything? Yeah, yeah. So the uh, weapon loadouts, I guess that's important. Uh, the Jackals all have uh, shotguns and a cultist knife. 
Um, the Wolf Quad has a shotgun and then a mining laser, which is uh, the Gene Stiller Colt version of a LAS cannon. Um, and then my Acolyte squads, I have uh, the two 10-man have four rock saws and a banner. Um, and then the 20-man has eight rock saws oh, wow. and a banner. So that's really interesting. You're running all these bikes. That's a very unique build for Gene Stiller Colt. Um, and, and for someone who's running this many bikes to not run any demo charges, what's that about? I know the internet's all hyped up on demo yeah. charge bikes. Yeah, people really like the demo charges. Um, the thing that I didn't like about them is they, they cost you quite a few command points. Because um, most of the time, if you deep struck them um, or used a cult ambush, you would have to spend the um, two command points to get them within demo charge range. And then a lot of times people were even spending the three command points on top of that to throw them during the movement phase. Um, and then on uh, during your shooting phase, you would throw them again, which was you end up using like eight command points for one unit throwing demo charges. Granted, the damage that they would do would be uh, significant, but um, I think some of the FAQs changed the way that it played. And um, I just, I wasn't key on, or keen on using those demo charges um, and spending that many command points to kill like a single knight. I figured you could do the same thing with like a rock saw unit and spend a lot less command points. So that makes total sense to me. I actually don't include okay. demo bikes in my list for the same reason. Uh, just too many command points. Um, you've been to a few tournaments recently, right? Uh, how has your success with that been? Yeah. So uh, the I've been to two tournaments now. I believe of this list. Uh, one of them was the Gentleman GT in uh, Las Vegas. I did really well. I lost the uh, orc player that won the event. Um, he was able to wrap me up. Um, and I didn't notice it when he was doing it. Um, so he was able to wrap up one of my bikes and, uh, I didn't pull myself out of fearless. Otherwise I would have been fine. Um, so then I wasn't able to shoot it at his orcs for an entire term, which, uh, was not good. And then, uh, at ATC, uh, I did really well. I had a couple bad matchups. I had to play, uh, uh, Eldar flyers twice. And, uh, as all gene stealer cult players know, flyers are kind of the bane of the army. Uh, they don't have a lot of answers for those. Um, and then I had to play a, uh, what was it? Um, Custodes list. Custodes are pretty difficult for Gene Stone Cult as well, I'm finding out. But uh, overall, I'm, I'm really liking the way the list plays. Uh, the bikes are great because they give you the staying power, which uh, are one of the weaknesses for Gene Stone Cult. So why do bikes last longer than, say, some of your other units? I mean, I know Acolytes go down like wet paper. Aberrants are a little tougher, but uh, what makes the bikes tough? So the, the bikes are uh, toughness four. Uh, they're minus one to hit. They have two wounds each. And then if you have the icon ward, uh, they go up to a, they have a six up feel no pain. And then since they're rusted claw, a lot of the attacks that people are using against them are no AP or AP one. Uh, they go up to a four up save versus those kind of attacks, which makes them really resilient. Um, and just the sheer number of wounds they have, like a fully decked out unit of bikes has 36 wounds. Um, and, a lot of weapons do two damage and you're going to make some of those six up feeling of pains. And when you do, you soak up an extra hit on that bike. Um, and then since they're fearless because of the patriarchs, it takes a lot more resources than people are ready to put on those bikes, um, to kill them. So they, a lot of times you're denying a kill on turn one and two, which is huge. That's cool. I got a, a really dumb question. I'm sorry. I'm a new player. So, um, how does that feel no pain work? So is it like you make your saving throw, you fail your save, then the damage is applied, then you roll your feel no pain, and then you go to the next attack? Is that the, do I have that right? Correct, yeah. So let's say you took three uh, strength one hits, or or let's say strength two, or not strength, uh, damage two 
hits. You take your first save. If you fail that, now it's two damage. Uh, since your guy has two wounds, you'd roll two dice. If you make a six, your guy only takes one wound, and then another hit would go through the same process on that bike. Oh, that's dirty. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's huge. And then on the wolf quads, it's even nastier because they have four wounds. Um, so it takes a lot more shots to go through those. Yeah, if you roll hot on those six ups, it's almost like your bikes are four wounds each against damage two weapons. Exactly. It's nasty. So uh, I know a lot of Gene Circle players, myself included, are in favor of units like Aberrants or, or Acolytes. I guess that's usually the divide in most Gene Circle lists. Um, what the ratio of Aberrants to Acolytes is, is there a ratio? Do you just run one and not the other? Um, you're definitely still running the Acolytes. How are you liking those units? Um, so what I found is uh, the Aberrants are more points, um, and they do relatively the same thing. Uh, the thing that the Aberrants have over the Acolytes is they're a lot harder to kill. Um, they're probably they're a little bit weaker than the bikes are to kill, I think. Um, but they're like nine times stronger than the acolytes. Um, but I like having the uh, more units of the acolytes because you can go after different squads. So a lot of times, what I'll do is rather than deep striking down three squads and charging one unit, I'll deep strike deep strike in two, three different spots and be able to charge those units and do almost as much damage as the aberrants can. And um, the, the stratagem that you get from uh, the Vigilist book for the plus one to wound on an Acolyte squad is just mean. You do so much damage with that plus one to wound. Um, but I I don't know. I'm still on the fence. I, I always talk to Gene Circle players. And I'm like, all right, sell me on the Aberrant. Why are you taking the Aberrants and stuff? And I definitely see it. Um, it's just it's an expensive unit that can't, in my opinion, get, get as far up the board as uh, like an Acolyte squad can. That's really interesting. It's funny because you and I have almost completely opposite results where I'm running two squads of Aberrants in my singles list and three in my ETC list. Um, but obviously, I don't have the bikes, so yeah. as you said, the staying power on your list is comes from a different spot because you have the bikes and I don't. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, Let me jump in really quick. Absolutely. Being a new player, um, one of the things I've noticed in watching like some of the best lists in ITC is they're really good at existing on the board. and scoring objectives um is that one of the reasons that led you to bikes is just to give you a better board presence in general yeah definitely and um what's cool is since not a lot of gene steer cult players have been running a lot of bikes i think it's kind of it's, it's starting to change the other direction where a lot of people are taking bikes now but um most people will give you first turn when you have all the bikes because uh, they're used to playing other gene steer cult players and they're like oh yeah, yeah i'll give you first turn with the bikes, you're able to take up like 75% of the board on turn one, which gives you complete board control, which is huge. And uh, I'm usually controlling the board with the bikes up until turn four or five, in which case it doesn't give your opponent much time to get across the board, get your objectives, get uh, some of their bonus points that they were going for. Um, so the, the bikes really do deny a lot of points. Plus, they're so hard to kill that uh, in a lot of the mission formats, you have to kill something every turn. And the bikes just aren't an easy target. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think one thing that a lot of people underestimate is the speed of the bikes. Can you go into how fast they are and how, how quickly they can get across the table like that? Yeah, so the, the bikes are insanely fast. Uh, they move 14 inches. Um, they can, of course, advance. Um, and then the Rusted Claw have a stratagem to where after they shoot, they can move again. So they can move and advance. They can't charge after that stratagem. But um it's super powerful. So a lot of times what I'll do is I'll run up on turn one, uh, shoot somebody with my mining lasers, 
And then I'll use the rest of claw stratagem to basically form a screen uh, on their deployment zone to where they can't get past that bike unit. So they have to try to kill it. In a lot of cases, they can't kill it unless they have like really good close combat units. Or even then, as if you're smart on pulling your casualties, they'll deny them a kill point and you'll string back to where your fearless is. So your guys won't die. Um, and it's, it's worked out pretty well. You're able to hold your opponent in their deployment zone for at least one turn, which is big. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so if when you do that, you, like you said, you take up the board when you go first, you won 75% table. This generally puts you in charge range uh, of your opponent turn one on his bottom of turn one. Uh, is that something you're worried about or do you not care because the bikes are just there to die anyway and just exist? Yeah, yeah, I'm usually not too worried about it. Now, if you're playing against like Lord Discordance and stuff like that, of course you don't charge up there because uh, you're just sacrificing a bike squad for no reason. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it all depends on who you're playing against. Um, if they have really good close combat unit that'll tear through the bikes, then you probably wouldn't screen with it. Um, but most of the time, like you said, they're, they're there to die anyway. So I'll sacrifice most of a unit just to hold you in your deployment zone for a turn because... That gives me board control, and then on my turn two, I can start deep striking my heavy hitting units, the acolytes and stuff. And then by turn three or four, those patriarchs getting in your face and doing a lot of damage. It's it's sort of been my observation that um, in ITC, Gene Stealer Cult often doesn't get a kill on turn one. Um, do you find that your list is much better at like getting that first strike so that you score a kill on turn one? Yeah, I'd say it's about 50 uh, 50 um, for my list. I added in the mining lasers so I had an answer for like a wyvern or something like that. But um, a lot of times, unless you're facing something that has like a weak screen, like a guard squad or like a grot squad or something like that, um, a lot of times you're not getting that kill on turn one. Um, the Kelomorph that you summon helps out a lot with that because they do a lot of damage. And then you're able to pick up the last couple wounds with mining lasers or shotguns. But I'd say probably in about 50% of my games, I'm missing out on that kill one. But usually your opponent's missing out on that too. And then you're able to hold more objectives. So you end up scoring more points. I imagine it's kind of a disaster for them if you get kill, kill more, hold, hold more on turn one. Yeah, if if you if you are able to kill that one unit on turn one, it's usually a four point turn for you, which is huge. Yeah, that's something that most lists just can't do. So the fact that you do have that little bit of turn one shooting is really good. Yeah, um, yeah, it helps out. Is there any matchups you think are particularly good for this list or bad for this list? Is there anything that you just don't want to see across the, the field? I know you mentioned before that Gene Sir Cult struggles with flyers. That's definitely true. But uh, at ATC, we actually paired our flyer player against you, and I believe you did win that game. So clearly it's not so bad. Yeah, it's not It's not like the worst matchup of all time. Um, it it all comes down to dice in that matchup. Like uh, I played against your Gene Sir Cult player, at, or not Gene Sir Cult, your flyer list at ATC. Um, and he had about average dice, so I was able to pull that one out. But then later on, I played Matt Shuckman, and he had incredible dice and was able to kill almost two bike squads on turn one. When that happens, it's devastating. Oh, <laughs> so that was, yeah. that was pretty <laughs> Sounds bad. Rough. That was pretty bad. Um, so I'd say Eldar Flyers are probably not an ideal matchup. Other Eldar lists are a great matchup. Um, I found Chaos is a really good matchup for Gene Stare Colt. Um, for some reason, just it pairs up well. Uh, the, the chaos want to be in close combat, but your close combat units usually hit a lot harder and are able to kill those key characters. Um, so yeah, I'd say chaos is probably the most ideal. Uh, I'd say custodes are the worst matchup for Gene Stare Cult. Um, the, the two up armor save, the hitting on twos, 
all of that really hurts uh, Gene Star Colt because they don't have the defense to combat against all that. I imagine yeah. the Tanglefoot grenade's probably a disaster at times too. Yeah, the Tanglefoot and the minus two charge on their vehicles is uh, pretty brutal. You're able to mitigate it with some of their stratagems, but um, it's it's still just it's not a great matchup for them. Do you think it's the it's the Forge World Gladiuses that are causing you so much trouble in the Custodes match, or is it uh, just anything in that army, like the troops, the bikes, etc.? Uh, the the uh, Gladius is definitely the root of the problem. Uh, the bikes, though, if anybody's running like big units of the bikes, those things are bad too because they hit on twos with all those bolter shots. Um, and then if they get into close combat, they just mince you. So um, it's a combination of those two units. The other units I haven't had a problem with. Um, and really, the Caladius hasn't been that big of a deal. I've been able to make most of my charges against them. Um, but if you do fail that key charge and your close combat unit's just sitting out there in the breeze, uh, that's always bad. So. Interesting. How do you find your matchup against other armies uh, with like Agents of Vect, like the Eldar Super armies, the Dark Eldar ones? I find when your opponent can Vect your strats, Gene Seer Cult is very stratagem reliant. It can be pretty devastating. Now, of course, you have Forearmed Emperor, but it just complicates your plans a lot more. Yeah, yeah, the uh, the Vect is big, especially if you need to make that charge or something like that to where you, uh, uh, Nick, correct me, I don't know what that stratum's called where you move closer. Is it perfect, perfect ambush? Yeah, perfect yeah. ambush. Um, so like if they do that, um, that's always bad, but I found with the forearmed emperor, uh, the clam and then also the detachment from uh, vigilist for the acolytes getting a rerollable seven inch charge. It doesn't really matter if they cancel out that stratagem. So in my list, it's a little less dependent on the stratagems than I think a lot of the other genesis cult armies are. Um, of course, being able to put three units into reserve on, uh, on Colt Ambush on turn one is huge, and when that gets vected, you're in trouble. But uh, I think most smart Gene Steer Colt players, if you have vect, won't try to do that, or they'll try to bait you out with it and make you spend those command points. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a bad matchup for, especially for the build that I've been running. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, is there anything that you run into and you're like, "There's no way I can lose to this"? Um, I know with my Gene Steer Colt army, if I run into like. A shooting army that doesn't have fly or good counterpunch, unless I just fail all of my charges, they're they're pretty hosed. Is there anything like that for you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say something like that, or like a, a guard army with a lot of tanks, uh, maybe not a lot of screens. Um, I've seen a lot of guard armies that don't really have infantry, or they, they don't screen out with their infantry for some reason. Um, those kind of matchups, it all depends on how your opponent deploys, of course, but um, I've had some matchups where my opponent like put all their vehicles like on the line and stuff, and I'm like, well, okay, <laughs> my bikes charge you, and you don't shoot anymore. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, guard, in a lot of sense, is uh, not a terrible matchup for Gene Sterkle. It just depends on what the build is. Um, the Bulgren, I think, would be difficult. but Yeah, I've actually found the, the combat-oriented guard armies to be much more difficult. The Catechins, the Bulgren, the Allied and Smash Captains and Shield Captains. Um, that's when my genes are called start to struggle with guard. But if it's your classic, like Katie and Gunline, no problem. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. The Gunlines, genes are cold, are pretty good against. Um, I actually haven't played against Tau yet, um, which is funny enough. I've played a ton of games, uh, but I haven't been able, able to play against Tau yet. So I'm not sure how that matchup would go. Um, they do have a lot of damage to shots, um, they have mass shooting, um, and then the just their sheer amount of shots that they have when you charge. That'd probably be a tough matchup, but like I said, I haven't played against it, so. Yeah. 
Uh, I found Tau to be very difficult for Gene Steer Cult too. Although you have a lot more staying power than pretty much every other Gene Steer Cult list, so you might be able to get by and also kind of outshoot the Tau to a degree. Um, not like in a standoff with your army versus their army, but you do pump out a lot of firepower with the bikes, right? Yeah, the the shotguns are two shots each. Granted, you have to get within twelve inches, but with the fourteen inch move, it's pretty easy to do. Um, so yeah, you'd be able to pick off a lot of the drones, and then in that matchup. I'd actually put the Relic Banner on the um, Rusted Claw Icon Ward, making all the bikes Strength 4. And at that point, the bikes are actually not bad in combat. They have two attacks each. They can do some damage. That's actually really clever, yeah. Yeah. And you can even might from the beyond the bikes and make them three attacks, Strength 5. Exactly, exactly. And at that point, they're just picking up uh, drones left and right. Yeah. And they don't really care about the Overwatch, so... That's really clever. That's the the best part about Gene Steer Colt is there's a lot of flexibility that you have when the game's about to start. Like uh, I had a couple games where I didn't go first, so I was able to move some of my blips back to where they weren't able to charge me on turn one or whatever, and then put three blips into reserve and all this other cool things, buying different relics at different times, right. buying the relic sniper rifle or buying the relic pistol. Um, they have a, so much flexibility that it's great for most matchups. Yeah, Gene Circle is definitely one of the ultimate toolbox armies out there. Yeah. Which I really like about it as well. I guess that, that leads to the question, like, what else did you consider for your list? Um, I mean, it, it's, it seems like it's pretty tight, but there's so many good options in the Gene Circle cult book, right? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. That's a great question. Yeah, um, I was considering a Sanctus for a long time. Um, the Sanctus is really good in the Chaos matchup, um, but I was finding that I didn't really need that sniper shot, and again... It, there are so many failure failure points with one single shot um, that I didn't really want to spend the extra command points for a reroll to hit or anything like that. Um, so I was considering that for a while. Uh, my first iteration of the list, I actually had three Kelomorphs just in the list. Um, they did a lot of damage, but I found most most of the time I was sacrificing them to dumb things and wasn't necessary. So I added in that fourth unit of uh, fourth unit of acolytes, which now I've combined into a big unit of twenty. Um, but I was also thinking the Nexus for a long time to get those extra command points. Uh, it's just hard to fit in the 50 points to get that guy who will get you like three, four command points maybe during the game. Um, wow. There's not a Nexus. I just assumed that was in there. I guess I wasn't paying it that, that close of attention. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. 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 I think a, a lot of Gene Stir Cult players take the Nexus, but I've talked to, I talked to like three or four of them at, um, ATC and most of them were dropping the Nexus. So um, I'm in love with my Nexus. Yeah. You guys are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, getting those extra <laughs> command points is definitely big because uh, G Circle. Is I fun. also think the. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I think it, he's actually very useful on the table as well. Uh, as your army, I find, moves up the field and yeah. kind of commits itself. It's You don't really have stuff in the back to hold your objectives, or at least nothing durable. Maybe 10 Brew Brothers, but like Mortars and Wyverns will pick that up. Yeah. So uh, having a character on a backfield objective that can't be shot just means you're holding objective for the rest of forever, yeah. which I find really good. Yeah, no, the, the few practice games that I played with the Nexus, he was definitely key because he just sat there and grabbed objectives and got me a couple command points. But I found that my six units of Brew Brothers paired up with the three... Uh, jackal units, they like never get shot. So I just uh, I do the old uh, octopus <laughs> formation where they're all strung back, grabbing objectives, protecting my backfield, and then my bikes are getting shot. So I'm able to hold those objectives 
Um, I've had a couple smart players that'll shoot at them, but then you just double up on an objective and you're like, sure, go ahead and try to kill 20 brood brothers that are fearless. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, do you find you have to screen much with this army? Usually I don't get the luxury of using my brood brothers like that because they're, they're being the screen. So I don't get assaulted or shot by enemy deep strikers. Uh, both maybe with your bikes, you don't need that aspect of your army. Yeah, definitely. The bikes do it, uh, a lot better than a, a, a brood brother squad does. Um, you just string out, make them fearless. The six up feel no pain. They charge into one squad. They most close combat armies can't even kill an entire squad. So again, you're denying that kill on turn one. You're protecting the rest of your army with one unit of bikes. So yeah. And a lot of times, if you're worried about somebody charging you, I'll just deploy one unit of bikes so that you can actually screen out with it. Cause what's funny is deploying the bikes is ridiculously hard. <laughs> It's it takes some skill because you have to be within six inches of the uh, completely within. Yeah, the and first and the, base, the bases are just so big. <laughs> exactly. So it's I'm having uh, one of my friends make me a template so then I could just put it down and go. Luckily, I didn't have anybody at any of the events like call me on it or anything like that. So I was playing a little loose, but I was putting them as tight uh, as I could. Um, so but it's funny. Yeah, just, just cheating left and right. But uh, no, yeah, it's funny. It is. I've definitely fallen into a similar trap where I'll put like four or five blips like right next to each other, and then when I go to put my units down, I'm like, wait a minute, what have I done? I can just imagine that with the bikes. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. The the bikes are funny because there's only like two, like it. It's really tight. Like it's like a tight brick when you deploy them in order for it to work. So I I did it a couple times and like measured it all out, and I was like, okay, this works. Um, So then that's how I would deploy them every time. But a template would make it so much faster and easier. Uh, <laughs> it also stops any potential argument, right? Like right on the spot. Definitely. Which is why tools. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. If, if anybody ever had a problem, I'd be like, go ahead and measure it. Like you can make sure that it's all perfect, but right. I'm pretty sure this formation works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it is funny. Uh, Cause it's, I think a lot of people miss that when you're deploying units, they have to be completely within six of the first guy that goes down. So I've seen some Gene yeah. Cole players that just have this like line of guys going across. I'm like, I don't think you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I literally didn't know that. So thank you for the tip because I, I would never have known to call them out on that. Yeah, it's uh, it's not common knowledge. It's I think it's it's the last sentence which most people miss. Um, it's the the key sentence. <laughs> it's also one of those things you just don't really think about because you're like focused on so many other things and it's such a minor thing. It's something you only really experience when you're actually doing it and you're like oh wait rules <laughs> yeah exactly and it it rarely comes into play because when you're doing that when you're deploying your units usually you're moving them so yeah it doesn't really make that big of a difference um and especially for the brood brother units like within six inches is like it's pretty easy to do <laughs> if, you're, if you're deploying farther than that it's pretty hard yeah i think it only comes in when you have like a bunch of blips right on top of each other exactly yeah or yeah. if you have these bike units <laughs> yep yep the bike units i could definitely see it happen happening to some of the newer players that just put their bikes down You're like oh i'm sorry you can't do that <laughs> i can imagine what your first practice game with this list looked like <laughs> oh yeah yeah no definitely i it was funny because I didn't understand how the blips worked either in my first practice game. And I put them down and they were like clumped up. Yeah. And I was like, well, I actually can't deploy this bike unit, so they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, I got to ask, though, this is a really unique list. Definitely at a left field, at least it was when we first saw it hit the tournament scene. What inspired you to make it? Did you just really like Mad Max or something? Um, yeah, so uh, I was... Uh, 
I was kind of down on some of my armies in eighth, just that wasn't liking the way that they played from the transition from seventh to eighth. And I was just trying to find an army that I would really like that played to my play style, you know, a little bit tricky, had some cool moves. You really missed, yeah. You really missed the two up rollable invisible stars. So I didn't miss that because I never played that, but I played, <laughs> I played the battle company. So I was part of the problem. Um, but it was a fun army because you had so many units on the table. You're able to stay in there until the very last minute. And I found that Gene Stir Colt played that way. I played against two, uh, three people that were playing Gene Stir Colt, and I was like, I really like the way this army plays. So then I started messing around with the list, and I wanted to do something a little bit different. So that's when I started just adding in more bikes. And I was like, man, the staying power of these bikes is just incredible. So then I was like, all right, well, let's throw in three because uh, why not? <laughs> and then yeah. – uh, I uh, went more the Acolyte route because I saw most people were going the Aberrant route. And then I saw that I could fit in more units of Acolytes. So that's that's kind of – that was kind of the evolution. And, I mean, the bikes are incredible models. They are just – they're one of the coolest models that GW makes, in my opinion. So um, that was a huge selling point for sure. Yeah, they're really cool. Yeah. They're, they're also really expensive. This army is about $500,000. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> For all three units of bikes, I think retail value is like 500 bucks. So. Oh, man. It's <laughs> brutal. Yeah. that's You don't want that. No. <laughs> this isn't one of those armies that you're like, oh, you're just getting started into Warhammer 40,000? Here, go ahead and buy this. <laughs> yeah. Now, I know you're you have some playtesting uh, affiliates and whatnot, Frankie, but are you worried at all that this army costs you so much and then it's going to hit the shelf in a few months due to some incoming chapter pre-order Q stuff, or is that not something you're thinking about? Um, I couldn't see that happening with the, the list. I could see some of the units maybe going up a little bit. Um, a lot of the Gene Steer cult characters are pretty cheap for what they do, so if anything, I could see that changing a little bit, but um, for the most part, I think the units are priced pretty accurately for what they do on the tabletop so I'm, I'm not too worried about it that's good speaking of somebody who listens to a lot of people complain the number one complaint i hear about gsc is rock saws are too cheap so yeah i can well, frankie's toting a whole 20 of them. i can i can definitely <laughs> i can definitely see rock saws going up they are pretty cheap for what they do <laughs> are pretty good. Let's, let's take a minute to compare a rock saw to a power for yeah, certain yeah, exactly. let's exactly. see Close. two points cheaper minus one to hit for the power fist yeah. <laughs> flat, Eight, minus four instead of minus three yeah, yeah. <laughs> flat two see there's the flat, flat two better than d3 yeah. no that's the downside right there Oh, that's the, you can't do three. My bad. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> There's a lot of cognitive dissonance going on here, guys. Like you guys both play GOC, but I will be the, vo- the voice of reason. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. So, um, one of the things I know that's kind of confusing for me is I can't keep straight, like what all the different HQs do. And can you just walk me through like why you selected the HQs you did for this list, what they give you? Yeah, so uh, the Patriarchs, uh, they're basically the Broodlord. Um, they give out a six-inch Fearless Bubble. Um, that's pretty much all they do. Then they're, they're also a Psyker. So um, the Gene Stealer Colt Psychic Powers are some of the best in the game. Um, so the, the having those Psychic Powers is really important. Um, they're also a beat stick in close combat. So the, the Patriarchs are a close combat unit in themselves. And then most of the time I'll run them next to each other. So... Um, but I wanted to take two so that their fearless bubbles were bigger. I could go uh, down different flanks with Brood Brothers or the bikes and keep all the units fearless um, so that I wasn't spending those command points to keep a unit on the table. 
Um, the Primus is a uh, a buffer for like a close combat unit. He gives them plus one to hit, um, and then he also picks a unit when he comes into the uh, into play, and he gives them reroll ones versus that target, which is huge. Um, a lot of times your rock saws are hitting on twos, wounding on twos, and they're rerolling both. So, uh, pretty powerful. <laughs> um, oh, so that's that's reroll all ones, not just like to hit. Yeah, so he gives a uh, reroll one, or uh, sorry, uh, the rock saws. Uh, they have a banner in their unit that gives them reroll ones to hit. Okay, but the the primus gives them plus one to hit, and then he can give them reroll ones to wound versus one target. Gotcha. Okay, I'm tracking now. Thanks, appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, no worries. And then the Acolyte Icon Wards, they're the guys that are giving out the um, reroll or the uh, six up feel no pain. Um, and then they also give you a reroll morale, which doesn't come in all that often, but it's uh, still pretty good. What gives you reroll morale? There's reroll morale. The Acolyte Icon Ward. Oh, uh, yeah, I've never used that rule. Yeah. <laughs> I always forget about it until my Patriarchs die, and then I'm like, uh oh. I, like, I actually I didn't know that was a rule until you literally just told me. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it helps out all the time. Uh, yeah. And then uh, the Jackal Alphys is a, a sniper guy. He's on the bike. He has uh, five wounds. He's toughness four, um, but he picks a unit every turn, and you get uh, plus one to hit that unit. Oh no, 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 yeah, yeah, plus one to hit that unit uh, for bikes and other Dean Stewart cult units that are within uh, six inches. The bikes are 12 inches, but so he's making your bikes that are shooting, hitting on threes, which is pretty good. And I think, Oh, and then the claim of this is uh, he's an interesting character. He gives a, uh, gives you plus one to charge, but then also he uh, keeps deep strikers away from you. So nobody can deep strike within 12 inches of him. So against uh, Gene Slayer Colt players, a lot of times what I'll do is rather than summoning another uh, Kelomorph, I'll summon in another Clamavus. And then I'll have two Clamavus bubble out versus them. So you have uh, 24 inches of no deep strike. Uh, basically, corner up, keep them away. That's so the actually is pretty really good. clever. Because I've actually thought about putting in a second Clamavus into my army just so I can have like some awesome anti-gene stealer cult, like mirror tech. But yeah. you don't want two Clamavuses because no. <laughs> you just don't. But being able to summon one is, is really clever. Yeah, yeah. So it, it does cost you the two command points, but being able to play it on the fly, like you were saying, Nick, the the toolbox army, Clamavus uh, does a great job at doing that. Can Can one of you guys walk me through how the summoning works? Because uh, I actually don't quite understand the mechanics of that very well. Uh, yeah, I don't remember what the stratagem's called. I can look it up for you, but um, it's called oh, telepathic it's a, summon or something. Like yep, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> telepathic summon. Stuff. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, oh. But you use it in the psychic phase for one of your psychers. The psyker can't actually cast any powers that turn, but you're able to spend your reserve points and summon in a unit for however many uh, reserve points you have. Uh, but you have to roll three d six, and it has to equate to the power rating of the unit. Luckily, the Kelomorphs only power rating three, so it's automatic. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty hard to fail that. Although you can get yourself in trouble when you're trying to summon like 20 acolytes or something. Exactly, exactly. Um, I don't know. The Clamavis is three as well, so he's an automatic summon. Uh, I think the only things that aren't are like the big units. Um, so I don't think you'd ever try to do that on those. But So are there any games where you just save yourself the 2CP and don't summon anything? Nope, I haven't yet. I always think about it. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just save that and I'll use those command points. But so far in every game that I've played, having two Kelomorphs on the table is 
is worth Huge. it. Yeah. yeah, especially come late game, those guys are doing a lot of damage. So, do you ever hold back your summoning until like turn four, five, or six to to really punish someone out of nowhere? Um, I haven't done it that late in the game. The latest that I've done is uh, turn three, uh, but usually nine times out of ten, I'm summoning on turn one just to try to pick up that kill or assassinate yeah. a character that somebody left out. So. I know in the uh, past I've heard you talk about late game Kellen Morse. If you're summoning Kellen Morph turn one, does that mean the one you initially bought is going to be held back until late game? Uh, yeah, so a lot of times you'll uh, bring that one in on a turn three or four. Um, but it, again, it's all matchup dependent. Um, sometimes you need them in earlier to try to take down a vehicle or a demon prince or something like that. So you'll drop them on turn two. We have very different Kellen Morphs if you're taking down vehicles and demon princes. <laughs> Yeah. No, my, my Kellamorphs have been MVPs. <laughs> Clear, I can see why. Yeah. Yeah, I had him kill a Lord Discordant, which has a two of armor save. I was like, okay, you guys are champions. If mine kills a primary Psyker, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I've had those games too where you shoot all your shots, like 12 hits. Oh, yeah. One wound. You're like, nah, all right, well, that wasn't good. Uh, in, in round six of ATC, I had uh, a Kellen Morph show up and just smoke five Fire Warriors. No problem. No questions asked. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> then next turn, shot five more Fire Warriors. One died. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's, that's why we love playing dice games. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, I, I was just curious, like, was, though. So not to go back to an old question, but uh, you had mentioned that you had considered a few of the other HQs for your list. Um, did you ever consider anything like tank commanders or, or uh, to give you a little more long range firepower or potentially, you know, some of, there's just so many options in the Gene Steeler cult book. Um, or Tyranids, just to yeah. piggyback off that. Yeah, so I was looking at uh, a while back, I was looking at allying in some Tyranids just because their troops are pretty good. You get uh, Gaunts for really cheap. And then having those extra psychers for smites and stuff like that would really help to clear out the screens. Um, I'm kind of a purist though, so I really like to play like a peer list. So I wanted to stick with Gene Stericult, and the points just weren't matching up. Um, the HQs for nids were a little bit too high, so I was kind of staying away from that. And then I've never really liked guard, so I didn't really take a look at the tank commanders. Um, I know a lot of people have been playing them with Gene Stericult and doing great. Um, I just didn't really have interest in throwing them in my list. Yeah, that makes total sense. I've actually explored both Nids and Tank Commanders, and funny enough, I've worked myself back to Pure Gene Circle because I think Pure Gene Circle is actually just better than exploring those other options. So not for yeah. the purity reasons that you picked, but uh, just I think it's better. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Like, it, There's just so many different things you can do with Pure Gene Circle that you just don't really need the allies. Um, the extra psychers and the extra shooting from guard would help but you can do almost the same thing with just going pure gene steer cult so most of the time i just stick with pure <laughs> yeah um to go back to your list from a while ago um one more question i had about the bikes do you ever deep strike your bikes or do you always just deploy them and run them around yeah so i have a couple matchups where i'll uh deep strike and i've i've tried it just in messing around um, I think you always have to keep at least two units of bikes on the table. Um, one just isn't enough if your opponent gets lucky with dice and wipes them out. Uh, you don't have enough staying power on the table and you don't control as much of the board. Um, but most of the time I will keep all three on the board just for that board control. 
Um, the board control is huge for Gene Steer Colt, keeping them away from your squishy brood brothers and all your HQs. Um, the bikes just do it so well. And even if a bike unit's out of position, it's not that big of a deal because you're not dependent on their firepower. And you'll still be able to get a couple pop shots with their mining lasers off. Yeah, and they're so fast, you can get them back in the game really quick. Yeah, exactly. Especially with the rest of Claw Stratagem, where now they're moving 28 plus inches in a turn. Is that a stratagem you use pretty much every turn, you think? Um, I use it definitely for the first couple turns. Um, I use it on turn one, like I said, to uh, screen my opponent into their deployment or to protect my Kelomorph that I summon in. I'll circle him up so that he won't be able to get shot. Um, or if I misdeploy one of my bike units, sometimes I'll have to move a unit, unit and get back into a good position. But no, So it's sort of like a, a get-out-of-jail-free card? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It helps out a ton, especially when people are starting to kill your bikes. You're able to boost up one of those other squads that are strength or stronger, um, maybe even from your backfield. And your opponent's like, what the heck? You're like, yep. <laughs> now you get to deal with them. It's also one of the rare times in this game you can move outside of the movement phase or charge phase. So you can, uh, you know, do your movement phase, do your psychic phase, see how things are going, do most of your shooting phase, and then realize, oh, this turn's not coming like I planned. I'm rolling really poorly. He's got hot saves. I didn't kill this unit that I was expecting to. Let me get out of there. And then you can kind of react in the middle of your turn, which is really powerful. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's happened to me all the time where you're like, okay, this guy only has two wounds left. I should be able to kill him. And then towards the end of your shooting phase, you're like, well, definitely not going to kill that unit. I don't want to get charged by it, so uh, that unit's going to move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you'll run away I from it. definitely so. see that. Yeah. Okay. Frankie, I, I've got a question. Yep. Um, let's say I'm a new player, and I love your list. I buy it, and I put it together, and I paint it, and I'm lovingly, I'm all ready to play. What would be like how you would tell them to just approach the game from a macro standpoint? What's the overall strategy? that they should go into every game with as they're learning how to play the at least to begin with? Um, I would say don't worry about the blips. Just deploy like you would any other army. The The blips really come into play more of a, a strategy once you learn the game and stuff like that. So I would just deploy as a normal army. Um, just put whatever normal units you want in reserve. Don't worry about their um, reserve tricks that they can do. Just play it like a straightforward army and then figure out your weaknesses and where you can improve and then start to learn all those other masterful uh, techniques. Because um, one of the one of the most complicated and most uh, strategic things you do with Gene Circle is deployment. So um, I would stay kind of stay kind of normal, like on a normal deployment. Um, play with it, see what you struggle against. Like I've had plenty of games where I charge an acolyte squad into a knight, and I don't kill it. I'm like, okay, well, now I've learned. It takes two units. Cool. <laughs> you just take it one game at a time. Figure out what your the um, strengths of your list are, what the weaknesses are, um, but just concentrate on the mission. That's always the key in any game. Um, go for hold objectives, go for kill stuff, um, and pick secondaries that your list is really good at. Like, uh, um, yeah, recon. Yeah, like recon. There you go. <laughs> so, um, so, quick dumb question: Would you say that uh, your list plays more towards? scoring objectives and bonus points than it necessarily plays towards killing stuff. Like, I mean, you still kill stuff, obviously, but is that how you would tell them to start to focus on, like, play the mission that way? Definitely, yeah. Um, definitely go for uh, denying kills. Like, if you get a bike unit down to one or two bikes, run those bikes away. Um, 
string your bikes forward so that you can always pull casualties away from the units that are shooting you. Um, and then, yeah, don't, most of the time, there's going to be a couple turns where you don't get a kill, and it's it is devastating. But um, just go for the bonus points because Gene Circle is amazing at picking up bonus points. Um, you'll usually get that half the game, so you'll get at least three bonus points. So that's big. Sure. Is there anything else that you can think of, Frankie, from a macro standpoint or an overall strategy standpoint that you want to leave? Maybe a few tips for playing the list or things to think about. Yeah. Um... I would say just really and truly have fun with army. Um, like we were talking about earlier, all of the units are good. So if you think a unit looks cool, put them on the table, try them out. Like it's really hard to pick a bad unit in this, uh, codex. Um, I would probably stay away from the locusts. They're not very good. Um, but <laughs> other than that, like you can pretty much do whatever you want. It's a fun army to play. Um, it's definitely not a beginner's army. It's not, if this is your first, army that you're going to play in warhammer 40k i would say uh be ready to um probably lose a lot of games when you start um but once you start to master it you'll um do a lot better it's a it's definitely a master's army and i think that's why you're seeing a lot of the top players playing gene circle cool well thank you frankie for uh you know joining us for this uh, part one uh the strategy talk uh talk about your gene stealer cult list um if you guys want to check it out part two, we will be talking about the tactics or the nitty gritty, really getting into details about how to how to successfully play this list. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me on, guys, and I uh, look forward to part two. Hey, everyone, this is Jim Vessel. Tune in next week to the Art of War podcast to hear me talk all things chaos. Like the strategy discussion you heard? Want to hear more about the tactics of this list? Sign up for our Patreon at AOW40K. Dot com, where we go deep into details of optimal play. This has been Art of War, a strategy and tactics podcast for Warhammer 40K, hosted by Nick Nanavati and John Damaris. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Find us at AOW40K.com. And of course, connect on Facebook. Just look for AOW40K. 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 Till next time.